Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our program, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm Doris Hansen, and I'd like to welcome Earl Erskine. Thank Thanks you for having me again. For coming again. Appreciate we appreciate it. it to add to our topical discussion. Yes. Um, uh, tonight we're going to talk about some more of Joseph Smith's wives. I know, it's so interesting. <laughs> and we want to thank our viewers for joining us, and uh, we do hope that you enjoy the show that we have plan for tonight. Like I said, this week's discussion, we want to continue our presenting Joseph Smith's plural wives one by one, telling about their lives, some known personal information about each one, and how Joseph Smith convinced each one to enter into polygamy with him, and how their marriages were lived out. Plural marriages can be an emotional disaster uh, for plural wives, and Joseph Smith's wives are no exception, or were no exception. Information about these plural wives has been, uh, for, for this show, has been taken from George D. Smith's book called Nauvoo Polygamy, and also <coughs> Todd Compton's book In Sacred Loneliness. Those are great books for you to get a hold of and read about this topic. The last time we presented his wives, we talked about Presentia Buell Huntington, who was Joseph Smith's fifth plural wife, Presindia was also a married woman when she married Joseph Smith. In fact, not even a full month had gone by after he married Presindia <clears throat> before he took his sixth plural wife, and she's the one we're going to talk about tonight. He married Agnes Moulton Coolbrith Smith on January 6th of 1842, and she is um, his, uh, his wife of discussion right now. Now, Joseph Smith and Agnes Coolbrith had known each other for almost 10 years as in-laws before Agnes was married to Joseph Smith because she was married to his younger brother, Don Carlos Smith. Agnes was widowed when Don Carlos died in August of 1841. Uh, Agnes was born in 1811 in Portland, Maine. She first learned about Mormonism in 1832 in Boston. Her landlady had brought home a Book of Mormon. She got a hold of that. She read it. She was later baptized. It was probably in the fall of that year that she first met Joseph Smith. Now, Agnes had a friend named Mary and they moved to Kirtland, where they lived with the Joseph Smith's family in their home, which is when she first met her first love, Don Carlos Smith, Joseph Smith's younger brother. A, a romance began brewing between Agnes and Don Carlos. He was 19 years old and reportedly stood six foot four inches and is said to be quite a handsome man. Well, Agnes and Don Carlos were married on July 30th, 1835, and August 7th of 1836, Agnes gave birth to her first child, and they named her Anna Charlotte. When rumors of polygamy began to storm the Mormon religion, Don Carlos opposed and condemned it. This is the example of his attitude towards polygamy. Now, this is in uh, both books. Any man who will teach and practice the doctrine of spiritual wifery will go to hell. I don't care if it's my brother Joseph. Whoa, <laughs> now that was right to the point, yeah. wasn't it? So Agnes's husband, who was Joseph Smith's brother, verbally spoke out against polygamy and condemned it. 
Yet strangely, five months after her husband died, Agnes entered into polygamy with Joseph Smith. If that had been made public, of course, it would have been the scandal of the year. <laughs> yeah. Brigham Young wrote about this marriage, and he, he wrote about it in Masonic code language, and this is what he wrote. I was taken into the lodge Joseph Smith, W-A-S, wed and sealed Agnes. Now this W.A.S. dot was a code word that was used frequently in those days in to hide writing. polygamy, yeah. and it meant W was and sealed, and that's how they referred to all the plural marriages to keep them secret. Now Joseph Smith's clerk, Willard w Richards, confirmed the marriage. He wrote in Joseph Smith's diary the following information. Truly, this is a day long to, re to be remembered, a day in which, the, in which the God in heaven has begun to restore the ancient order of his kingdom, the restitution of all things. So it's clear that Joseph Smith was using the Old Testament practice of multiple wives as an excuse and justification for his own sexualized plural marriage practices. In the Old Testament is a passage that polygamists claim is God commanding polygamous marriages. It is the Leveret marriage in Deuteronomy chapter 25. And we need to make a point here that many polygamists, even LDS, misunderstand the passage in question. And we bring it up because Agnes married her brother-in-law, Joseph Smith, as a plural marriage. So we're going to quote this package in Deuteronomy 25. If brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her. The first son she bears shall carry on the name of the dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. Now this is referred to as the Leveret marriage yeah. and Mormon polygamy is often justified by assuming God is commanding polygamy in this passage. But don't be fooled. Please check things out. Read it carefully. Read it contextually. First, where do we read in that passage that the brother who marries the widow is a married man? There's absolutely no hint whatsoever no. that that brother is, has a wife and family. In fact, because we know God has already modeled monogamy as his design for marriage, and we know God does not contradict himself, nor does he give his commands to do something that he has commanded against, we know that he is not uh, condoning nor planning a polygamous marriage in these circumstances. The polygamous believer is reading into the passage what they want it to say by assuming the brother is already married. Uh, they can say that God is commanding polygamy. But let's look at the context of the verses following the verses. <laughs> yeah, the next verses say, However, if a man does not want to marry his brother's wife, she shall go to the elders at the town gate and say, My husband's brother refuses to carry on his brother's name in Israel. He will not fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to me. Then the elders of his town shall summon him and talk to him. If he persists in saying, I do not want to marry her, his brother's widow shall go up to him in the presence of the elders, take off one of his sandals, spit in his face, and say, this is what is done to the man who will not build up his brother's family line. So <laughs> we, it, is, it is an interesting practice, but we don't read anywhere that the brother goes to the widow and teaches her that God requires polygamy and then threatens her with destruction if she doesn't accept a plural marriage with him. And that was Joseph Smith's M.O. The brother can choose whether or not to marry the widow. 
if the woman chooses to marry the brother and he refuses, then the brother can face some public humiliation. But the brother has the option to refuse. And nowhere do we read that it has anything to do with eternal life or that it's a requirement for in order to get God's blessing. Now, for the LDS who continue to the, assert that Joseph Smith did not have sex with his plural wives, the only reason given for the brother-in-law to marry the widow was to have a son to carry on the dead brother's name. And the last I heard, it takes sex to make a son. So if this passage is justification for Joseph Smith's polygamy, then he would have had to have sex with the widow of his brother to bring forth, forth a son. So they can't have it both ways. About two months after Joseph Smith and Agnes were married, she joined the Relief Society and Emma was the president. There came rumors in the Relief Society of some scandalous relationships between Joseph Smith and an unidentified woman. Remember that Joseph Smith's polygamous marriages were all kept top secret and he now had at least six wives. The suspected source of these rumors was a woman by the name of Clarissa Marvel and this is what Emma said about Clarissa. She was accused of telling scandalous falsehoods on the character of President Joseph Smith without the least provocation. Now, Emma is sitting here in the middle of this, yeah, and, and she wanted to do something that would cause Clarissa to stop the rumors and come to repentance. But Agnes came to Clarissa's defense saying that she knew of no evidence against Clarissa. Now, Sarah Cleveland, part of the, RS, the Relief Society, was, was Emma's second counselor, and she also became a plural wife of Joseph Smith. Strange and very sad that in the Relief Society where Emma was president, she was surrounded by Joseph Smith's plural wives and didn't know it. She had to battle rumors of his, of his immorality, yet she knew nothing of the truth of her husband's plural marriage arrangements and increasing plural wife acquisitions. Now Sarah Cleveland wanted to find the truth about these rumors and clear the innocence, so she proposed that two people would investigate the situation. Elizabeth Durfee was one of the two investigators and she too became a plural <laughs> wife of Joseph Smith. Don't we have a there. huge conflict of interest yeah. here? They later decided that Clarissa had done nothing wrong, but now Agnes was suspected as being the source of these rumors. You know, Sir Walter Scott said, Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. How true this statement is, as Joseph Smith's tangled web of lies and deceit of immorality, secret wives, secret bed partners, trying to stay ahead of the rumors, and eventually leading to his imprisonment and death, all for the sake of polygamy. Both Clarissa and Agnes were eventually cleared of being the sources of these rumors, but we can't help but wonder how Emma would have reacted had she known that so many of these women around her were in reality plural wives of her husband. Well, after Joseph Smith's death in June of 1844, Agnes married George A. Smith, a cousin of Joseph Smith, and he had eight wives. But when he left Nauvoo with the pioneers going west, Agnes chose not to go with him, but she later married William Pickett in St. Louis and married him in early 1847. In 1852, she and her husband left for the gold rush in California, and several years later, her husband moved to California, but she declined to go with him. 
Agnes died in 1876 as a non-Mormon and was buried in Oakland, California. Obviously, Mormonism <laughs> and polygamy didn't sit no. very well with Agnes. And we need to remember that these women lived in tough pioneer times where life was very difficult and raising a family was challenging at best. Agnes Moulton Coolbreth Smith 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 Pickett <laughs> was a woman who tried polygamy twice but died a monogamist. Now, wow. Agnes was, was his sixth plural wife, yeah. and Joseph Smith, we would normally go to his seventh plural wife at this point, uh, who was Sylvia Sessions, but uh, we're going to skip her and go to the eighth plural wife because Joseph Smith married Sylvia Sessions and her mother. And so we're going to, to go between these two and tell both of the story of the mother and the daughter together, and that will be next time. Hmm. So we're going to do his eighth plural wife, and she was Mary Elizabeth Rollins Leitner Smith Young. Gee, so these what? last names tell you who tell they you married. something, huh? Oh, confusing. Uh, Mary Leitner was a married woman when Joseph Smith took her to become his eighth plural wife in February of 1842. Her husband was Adam Leitner, and they had two children when she became Joseph Smith's plural wife. Later, Mary Leitner told Emmeline B. Wells about her marriage to Joseph Smith, and this is what she said. Joseph Smith made known to me that God had commanded him in July of 1834 to take me for a wife, but he had not dared to make it known to me, for when he received the revelation, I was in Missouri, and when he did see me, I was married. Now well, that's kind of weird. This whole yeah, thing this is, is 1834. And kind yeah. of weird, yeah. But they were secretly married, and she was the fifth woman, and Joseph Smith married, who was already legally married to another man. So his fifth married married woman that he married. <laughs> now, I'd like to stop here and ask our viewing audience, how can this kind of behavior be sustained? Is it okay even for a prophet to do these things? There's a comment section on our webpage. You can still email us. And, and we've asked this question when we had the live TV show many, many times we've asked, but we've never received an answer from either Mormons or polygamists. How can this behavior of Joseph Smith be justified? We'd like to know what you think. Is it okay? And if, if you think it's okay, why is it okay? We really would like at least one answer yeah. to this question. In light of all the biblical commandments and even the Mormon commandments against sexual immorality and adultery, how can Joseph Smith's marriages to married women be okay? And there were 11 such plural marriages, uh, and some with Brigham Young and, and Heber C. Kimball uh, yeah, married to married, married women. But back to Mary Leitner. Mary told of several encounters that she had with Joseph Smith, and one of them was really quite strange. This is what she said. She was sealed to him the first time at age 12 or 13, suggesting that it was a group sealing for eternal life rather than a marriage. She was only 15 or 16 when Joseph later told her he had been commanded to marry her. So there's some strange uh, things going on yes. in that early age. She claimed that she was attracted to Joseph Smith in her early teens, which would be puppy love, no doubt. Sure. And she even dreamed she was married to him, but she married Adam Leitner. Adam and Mary were attracted to each other. He was 25, she was 17, and they got married in 1835. And through the year, she and Adam had a total of 10 children together, and her husband Adam was not a Mormon. However, six years after she married Adam in 1842, she married Joseph Smith, and she was 23, and he was 37. This is what 
what she said about her marriage. Yeah, you'll find this very interesting and uh, something you've probably heard before. I was sealed to Joseph Smith by commandment in the spring of 1831. The Savior appeared, is that 1841? 1831. The Savior appeared and commanded him to seal me up to everlasting life, gave me to Joseph to be with him in his kingdom, even as he is in the Father's kingdom. In 1834, he was commanded to take me for a wife. I was a thousand miles from him. He got afraid. The angel came to him three times, the last time with a drawn sword and threatened his life. Brigham Young sealed me to him for time and all eternity, and I was sealed to him in the Masonic call over the old brick store. So Mary was sealed to him for time, meaning that it was a physical relationship was yes. part of the marriage. Now here is that story of the angel with a drawn sword threatening Joseph Smith's life if he didn't enter polygamy. But Mary Leitner was his eighth wife. The angel had no reason to threaten <laughs> Joseph already, Smith. He already had seven, seven wives. Yeah. What, how many wives does it make to take a polygamist? Take to make a polygamist. <laughs> anyway, in a separate account of the angel's story, Mary wrote this. The angel came to me three times between the year of 1834, 1834 and 1842 and said I was to obey that principle or he would destroy me. So that's what she said Smith that, told that her. Smith said, yeah. Now, Joseph Smith loved to use the live polygamy or be destroyed message. It was big with him. Here he claimed the angel would destroy him, making her guilty because he had to die. Or, and in that Doctrine and Covenants 132, he warned Emma that God would destroy her, making her guilty for rejecting polygamy. It's a clear case of damned if you do and damned if you don't. That message has not changed. Polygamy groups continue to teach that threat, and it's a big threat in the mind of young girls. We must always put the Bible as the measure of truth for all spiritual teachings of all people, including Joseph Smith. Now, we know Joseph Smith said God lived, said to live polygamy. How could we test it to discover if Joseph Smith's claims were true? Well, first of all, God is perfect. Second, he doesn't lie. He can't lie. Third, he is holy. God is holy and faithful and consistent, and God promised his word would endure forever. We know that God has promised that we can depend on his word not to fail, so we can test the claims yeah. of what people say that God said. In the past, we've always encouraged our viewers to check these things out. No matter who it is that teaches you God said something, it is your responsibility to discover if it's true. God never commanded polygamy in the Bible, and I challenge anyone to find it. He warned us about teachers teaching a false gospel. Even angels, who Joseph Smith liked to invoke, angels who appear and teach a different gospel, they are cursed. Let's look at these warnings. This is from Galatians chapter 1. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you have accepted, let him be eternally condemned. 
God is very concerned about the purity of his gospel message. And if you stick with what it says, the gospel says about getting saved and what it's all about, you'll discover that it's all about Jesus and it's never about marriage or polygamy. So Joseph Smith's story of an angel teaching polygamy and he himself claiming God commanded polygamy is a different gospel message and is under God's curse. This is serious, folks. And those who cling to polygamy need to learn about who God is because he has condemned polygamy and the message that accompanies it. So when Joseph Smith taught Mary Leitner about polygamy and related the story of the angel, if Mary had known the Bible, she never would have gone against her own marriage vows and against her husband's trust to embrace Joseph Smith and his polygamy. In fact, according to Todd Compton in his book, In Sacred Loneliness, we find that at first Mary was not in agreement at all with Joseph Smith's polygamous propositions. We read from page 12. She asked why, if an angel came to him, it had not appeared to her. She asked, wasn't it possible that the angel was from the devil? Aren't those great questions? <laughs> I love those question. questions. Too bad that she capitulated in the end. But according to biblical revelation, if there was an angel at all, it wasn't from God. When Joseph Smith was done telling Mary his angel story and she rejected it, he must have gotten a little bit worried because he immediately asked her if she would turn traitor and talk about their conversation to anyone else. He must have been especially concerned she'd run and tell her husband. He had good reason to be afraid. After all, he had a propositioned a married woman yeah. in the name of God. This is what she said to him. In Todd Compton's book, I shall never tell a mortal I had such a talk from a married man. <laughs> So she was willing to bury it. She it was willing like. to bury it. Unfortunately, later on, Mary had her own spiritual experience that confirmed she was supposed to marry Joseph Smith. This <laughs> proves the spiritual experiences are not from, this one was not from God. They must also be tested. Everything that has anything to do with our eternal life, with our obedience to God, must be tested because the devil is out there ready to lead us all astray. And he can and does give spiritual experiences to humans who don't know how to test to determine truth. 1 John, it's yeah, good this verse. This is a good one. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So obviously there are spirits whose job are to deceive. And any spirit or any angel that gives a message that contradicts God, it cannot be trusted. No matter how good it makes you feel or how good it sounds, if their message is different, then it's wrong and needs to be rejected. We are commanded to test the spirits. Your eternity depends upon it. How did it make you feel when you realized that the devil can give you good feelings? That was a shock. I, uh, to, to know that I could be deceived and that the heart can be deceived, uh, mm -hmm. that was a surprise. It, it's, yeah. it's amazing because people, people think the devil and the demons give us bad feelings. <laughs> But they can give us good feelings. That's yeah. how they deceive us. The, de yeah. the devil doesn't come up and say, here I am, the devil. I'm here ready to deceive you and make yeah. you go to hell. He doesn't do that. Yeah. He deceives. It's a different feeling. 
very much so. All of Joseph Smith's plural wives who relied upon their spiritual feelings could have been saved themselves from a lot of grief if they had trusted God's word instead of their feelings. When Mary Leitner was married to Joseph Smith, she was 23 years old and pregnant with her third child. We read this. Mary later commented, I could tell you why I stayed with Mr. Leitner. I did just as Joseph told me to do, as he, as he knew what troubles I would have to contend with. So Smith instructed her to stay with her husband. Obviously, with his method to keep his immoral marriages top secret, and any pregnancies would not be blamed on him. Nauvoo Polygamy, that book I told you about, records a speech that Mary Leitner gave before the BYU faculty in 1904 about her plural marriage to Joseph Smith. That is fascinating. This is what she said. She knew he had six wives and three children by his plural wives. They told me, she said, I think two of them are living today. They are not known as his children as they go by other names. None of Joseph's plural children, if such existed, have been identified. Now, she gave this speech in person. She was an old lady by then at the BYU faculty. So here she says she knew and others knew of children by Joseph Smith. And that's another argument that people use against uh, his sexual activity. But even though she married Joseph Smith, she remained Adam Leitner's legal wife and continued to live with him. Mary, this is strange, she was (laughs) resealed to Joseph Smith in 1845 after his death and then again was sealed to him in 18. 1946. She's been sealed to him how many times now? Brigham Young stood as proxy and married her to himself for time. So again, we have uh, that sexual activity if he married her for time, and she's still married to Adam Leitner. So she's a married woman married to Joseph Smith, a married woman married to Brigham Young. And so we have another case um, of these men marrying married women who live with, continue to live with their husbands. And what would be the purpose of Brigham Young marrying her uh, except for bringing whatever. forth? Well, the, the whole idea in Section 132 is to bring forth children. Right. And that's the only, the ex- only according, excuse. The only exception in, um, in the, do- in the, uh, Book, the Book of, of Mormon, Mormon yeah. is to bring forth righteous seeds. So yeah. it, the question is, uh, why did he do it if it wasn't to have sex? How can you have children yeah. if you don't have sex? Why would they do it otherwise? It's, it's just not. It's a very confusing practice and definitely is one without question that the Bible prohibits. Now, as we read on LDS.org, where there are um, um, a lot of excuses made up by official excuses by the LDS church about his polygamous practices they don't really talk about these hard questions of why he married the married woman they just say we don't know why God told him to but yeah it's just fascinating that in this case Brigham Young would marry for time because that that would defeat without having sex you know that would defeat the whole purpose of it and and not for eternity. And that's what he did with Zena Huntington, yeah. Brigham Young. Yeah. And that's what he did with Prescindia Buell, her sister. They were both married women, and they were both married to Joseph Smith and lived with their husbands. And then when Joseph Smith was killed, uh, he took both of them for time uh, as his plural wife. Do you think Emma ever conceived of the scope of all this? 
No, I don't think she ever conceded she ever the sculpt. Mm -mm. Yeah. And her Even children. when her son came back from Utah and told I, her. She denied. Yeah. She denied it to the end, as far yeah. as I know. I don't think yeah. she ever conceived that, that all this. But it's, it's very confusing for people why Joseph Smith lived this kind of life and uh, could call it righteous. I don't know. Um, but anyway, that that's Joseph Smith's uh, the <laughs> plural wives. Uh, he is the adored as the founding prophet of Mormonism. He is revered by all of polygamy groups and all the LDS. And if you believe that Joseph Smith was a prophet, may we suggest that you seek to discover God's testimony of false prophets and false gospels and false promises of eternal life, and then compare what Joseph Smith taught with what Jesus taught. It's a great study. See you next time on Polygamy, What Love Is This? This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again. Mm -hmm.